is Becca and Millhaven just saying I would be Tom Becca. And I'm McGraw Millhaven, and I would tell you what I'm eating, but Tom is late to the podcast, and I already finished. <laughs> you, you know, okay, so uh, this is your first visit to the podcast. Pretty much the last three or four times McGraw's been eating during the recording of the podcast. And so yesterday, or last week, you were eating macaroni salad. It's wonderful, by the way. Yeah, well, I, one, of, one, of my, uh, one of our listeners sent me a message with her macaroni salad recipe to oh. give to you. Oh. So Barbara did that, so I'll, I'll get that to you. Do you Barbara. have that? Oh, I thought you were gonna. I thought you were gonna put that on the um, on the podcast. I well, I, I got it here somewhere. I, but I'll, I'll we'll talk about it next week. Well, okay. that's interesting because uh, stay tuned later on in the podcast after we get your time spent listening up. Um, I uh, teased that I would give you my rib recipe for uh, Memorial Day weekend. Mute your phone. I just did. Yeah. So as, I, as I'm muting mine right now, just to make sure I don't do the same thing. <laughs> sorry, sorry. I, I actually I have more than you as a friend, so you don't. I'm not going to call you during the podcast. So you don't have to mute your phone. Uh, no I, wouldn't, would I wouldn't. You. I wouldn't say bill collectors are your friends. <laughs> <laughs> so I heard something this week that in um, all this talk about this Texas shooting that that. There's really nothing left to say, but um, is really kind of a sad comment on life in America in 2022. It is easier in America today to buy a gun than it is to buy baby formula. That's uh, kind of a, um, uh, a false narrative, but I, I see the point you're trying to make. What do you mean? That's that's actually that's not a false narrative. I mean, we're going through a, we are going through a momentary shortage of baby formula. Okay. Oh, yeah. All right. I mean, so so your comment that you made right now is good today, but if somebody's listening to this podcast six months from now, it, it, it'll have absolutely no meaning. No, but it's uh, a provocative comment that um, is uh, classic talk radio. Oh yeah, I guess that's it. Well, that's just it. You know, that we we look for these things the little. A little, um, uh, you know, sound bites and little memes, if you will, verbal memes or memes online to, you know, trying to get a point across like that. Well, the reality is it's a pretty complex problem. You know, you're not going to get rid of all the guns, okay? At the same time, what we're doing now ain't working. So can we get both sides together to at least talk about something that might work to at least be open to an idea? You know, it's really interesting you say that because... Somebody like you and somebody like me who looks at this in its totality and says, there's no simple answer. There's no bumper sticker answer right. to all of this, right? When you say to somebody, look, uh, they, they've outlawed heroin. People are still dying of heroin. So banning the guns is not really the only answer. They, they get like vitriol. Toward, I mean, they, they, they get like, they get so angry with you. How dare you? Then they start lobbing insults at you. And it's like, I'm trying to solve the problem. And all you're, you're, you're trying to do is, is make a political point. Well, that's just it. I mean, you know, and, and, and when you're trying, matter of fact, speaking about making a political point, can we talk about Beto O'Rourke? Did you watch oh, the press conference? Oh, what a grandstander. 
precisely. No, if that if that had been a bereaved father, if that had been a town, you know, just a member of the community, if that had been somebody like, you know, then that would have thoroughly understood. Beto O'Rourke, who's running for governor, to go and get in the governor's face during this time, any respect I may have had for him just went out the window. I totally agree, three hundred percent. What a total grandstanding mugging for the cameras. I'm running for election. And I want to use this tragedy for my own benefit. If there's no greater example, and if you're offended by that comment, you need to look in the mirror because that's exactly what he did. I was watching, I was watching the press conference and I saw the guy come up there, right? And I didn't know it was Beto O'Rourke. And I saw the mayor was just saying, this is no time for politics, no time for politics. And I'm sort of on the speakers, I'm on the other guy's side, right? Because I didn't know it was Beto. I was on his side saying, wait a minute, you guys are politicizing this when, right. when uh, you know, the governor's talking about how mental health, you know. But anyway, but then I realized it was Beto O'Rourke, and I realized that they were right. This is no time for the politics of it. Beto O'Rourke, a grandstanding, um, you know, made, he lost any respect that I may have had for him. Um, and uh, probably uh, respect of a lot of Texans that might have voted for him anyway. You know, the other thing, too, about all of this is, since we're on this, this topic, the other thing that kills me, uh, and I'll pick on the Democrats here, who, you know, I am so angry. Uh, first of all, I don't want your thoughts and prayers. I'm tired of your thoughts and prayers. Well, for, really? Really? You're tired of my thoughts and prayers? You want action? You know what? People who don't want gun control vote. They vote in primaries. They vote in off elections. Those candidates win. The candidates who are in favor of gun control, they lose. And so shut up and vote, right? The reason why Republicans are against any type of massive gun control is the people who put them there don't want gun control. Well, I agree with you to some extent, but then you're just saying these are like one issue voters. And, uh, and I don't know that most people are that way. I mean, I might want gun control, but I also like their tax policies. And uh, yeah, well, you, you the, know, you, lower, lower taxes are more important than 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 your gun control. I mean, look at the pro-life lobby. We talked about this before, right? The pro-life lobby, they were single voters and they didn't care. They swallowed their pride and pulled the lever for Donald Trump because they made a deal with the devil. That's what they wanted. These people who are so in favor. I talked to a conservative guy today who was so upset he wanted some type of gun control because an 18-year-old, you know, shouldn't be allowed to buy an assault weapon. And I was like, well, how many Democrats have you voted for? He's like, I never vote Democrat. I'm like, well, then what, what are you complaining over, right? I mean, you keep voting for the people who are against gun control. Yeah, and is gun control only an issue with you when something like this happens and not an issue for you, you know, three right. months from now? Right. Um, but, uh, but you go to the Democrats. I will say this, and I don't disagree with what you just said there, but I'll also say when um, uh, the governor was out there talking about how it's all mental health, right? All mental health. I'm thinking, okay, if I was a reporter at that press conference, sir, what have you done to improve mental health in rural communities in Texas? And what are you proposing to be done to improve mental health in rural communities? All right, because it's easy to say, Oh, it's a mental health issue. And I'm not saying that it's in, part, in part it is a mental health issue. But states are doing precious little. I mean, I don't know what it's like in Missouri, but in Nebraska, we are uh, really shorthanded when it comes to mental health facilities. 
So, you know, yeah, you can talk about it being, you know, a mental health issue, and it is to some extent, but it's also a, a gun issue to some extent. It, it, you gotta look at this holistically. It's not, there's not a one-size-fits-all solution, and that's what the people on both sides want to make this. It's an all-or-nothing thing, and, and, and it can't be an all-or-nothing thing. I agree. Again, this is scaring me, but I agree. Yeah. Um, you know, you know, it's it's all mental health, and then you want to take everyone's Affordable Care Act away. Um, you know, it's it's all mental health, but then you have no problem bullying or creating space for bullies to go after LGBTQ or gay teens or everything else, right? I mean, it's all about this. We we. <laughs> You allow social media to be to 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 espouse the most vile, racist, disgusting stuff in the world. Um, every, nobody has a problem with it. Kids are being—I mean, the 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 the, the, the they have shown that the brain cells and the brains in kids who are bullied it 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 warps their brain. Right? These these kids are being abused online and social media and phones and everything else. And all of a sudden, we give them the tools to kill somebody, and we 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 create the the anger, and then all of a sudden, we're shocked when somebody who has some mental health issues can't handle it. Here's something else I, I had a thought about today uh, regarding this. Now, hear me out on this analogy. Hear me out on this analogy. Okay, if you're driving a Honda Civic, you drive differently than if you drive a Maserati, right? You okay. got the power, you got the power, you got that sport. There's just something, in the, in, you know, in a guy's psyche, you can buy the wheel of a hot sports car and you want to try it out. Why isn't that also a similar mindset when you have like an AR-15, when you have these assault weapons? Ooh, I got the heavy artillery now. I got the heavy machinery. Let's see what this baby can do. You know, and, 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 and I'm not anti-Second Amendment, but do you need to have these assault weapons like this? Do you need these? They're not used for hunting. They're not used for defense. They're only used for one thing, and they're used for the guys to go and say, oh, let's see what this baby can do. Most people, most people don't go out and kill people. I, I grant you that. I know that. They don't use it in the wrong way. Most people, if they use it, they go out there and they just shoot at a target range or whatever. But we've done other things in the past where a few bad apples ruin it for everybody else. And we've got a few bad apples here that are going with the AR-15s that abuse the, they, the abuse the privilege. They've abused it. And now I think we should you know, legitimately go and say, okay, we're not getting rid of the Second Amendment, but we are getting rid of these guns. Well, at some point, these guns turn into military-style weapons, right? I don't think anybody advocates for being able to allow to sell or buy a nuclear weapon, right? So why isn't that gun control? But why are, you know, these bullets were so, um, uh, they, they ravaged the bodies so bad that this is so awful. They, they couldn't identify the children. So they needed DNA swabs from the parents to help identify the children because yeah. the bullets so ravaged the bodies. Now, really, do those bullets need to be legal? Um, do the, right, at some point, when does the military take over and say these are military style guns that aren't needed? Because that line is out there somewhere, right? They don't sell tanks, do they? They don't no. sell uh, shoulder fired shoulder fired rockets, right? Try, try buying a bazooka and see if uh, you don't have authorities knocking on your door. Right, right, right. I mean, is that a form of gun control? Um, I mean, so it, there's some 
sanity that needs to be brought into this. Uh, I agree with you. Um, but again, if, if you think that um, passing uh, some type of assault weapons ban is going to solve this this problem, you're you're sadly mistaken. On the same fact, on the same fact, if if you think banning abortion is going to stop abortions, you're you're crazy, right? I mean, it, if if gun control is about states, right, and you can buy guns in Illinois and not in Missouri, someone's going to go to Illinois and buy guns. Someone's going to go to Texas and buy guns. Someone's going to go have an abortion in Texas. Someone's going to go have an abortion in New York, or they're going to do it in, in a back alley. It's so interesting to me that two of the most politically charged issues of the day, both parties have the same exact opposite philosophy. Uh, yeah, I mean, look, you're never going to look. You go back and read biblical times. There were people, you know, being murdered there. We've had wars since, uh, you know, before... You know, way BC, we had wars, the various tribes fighting each other. So you're never going to get rid of it entirely. All right. And there is just some evil in the world. But just because you're not going to get rid of it entirely doesn't mean that uh, you don't do something to try to uh, to stop it and to slow it down. No, I don't I don't disagree. But I mean, I think it's it's a lot harder. Um, you know, I love these people who want to put the guns in the hand of kindergarten teachers or, yeah. you know. Uh, okay, let's, let's, let's do, let, let me do this. Okay, I, I mean, I know you relatively well. We've known each other for 20 some odd years, right? I know you relatively well. I'm guessing that if it wasn't you, you had friends in grade school that if you knew a teacher had a gun, you would try to find some way to get to that gun when the no. teacher wasn't looking. No? No, oh. no, no. No? No, no, not me. No, I, no, no I, somebody you knew, I, mean, I was raised guys, by a bunch of guys in your class. Well, I don't know. I mean, I don't know. It was a different world in the 80s. It's late, it's early 80s, whatever. I was raised by women. They didn't want us to go fishing. They were afraid we'd, you know, prick our finger with, with the hooks. So, <laughs> I mean, <laughs> I wasn't, I wasn't raised by hunters. I wasn't raised by guns. I've been duck hunting. I've been, you know, quail hunting. I've been target shooting, um, you know, skeet shooting. It's fun, you know, but I mean, I'm just, I'm just not a gun guy. I just, it's yeah, not. I, I'm with you. I, I don't, I'm not opposed to it. I've done the same thing. I've done, I've done hunting. I've, I've done, you know, some target shooting, you know, shooting of that. But um, I don't, I don't get the, I don't get the, the zealous appeal that it has to so many people. I don't get, I don't get that enthusiasm, that enthusiasm for it, which I understand because they may not, I like golf. They may not like golf. So I, I get that we all have different, right? you know, different things, but uh, I don't, I don't get the whole, the, the, the love of the guns uh, sort of a thing. I, yeah. Just, you know, the bigger, the bigger issue is, and I'd love to see the stats on this. How many kids are killed by finding a gun in their father's duffel bag, as opposed to mass murder school shootings? Uh, great question. And I don't know the stat on that, but let, let me, let's bring up a, a question that I have for you. You've been doing talk radio for 20 some odd years. I've been doing it for 20 some odd years. Um, so our job is focusing on the news. Yeah. Do you look at some shooting and say that like only five, six, seven people die and it's not in your hometown, if it's in your hometown, you got to talk about it. But if it's, you know, if it's somewhere, you know, miles away, a few states over, and only five people are killed. Do you look at that and say, man, that's not really big enough to bring up? There's a certain number 
that you look at and you say, oh yeah, we got to talk about this. Because you're right. I mean, how many, how many people, how, how many, how, how many people are killed? You know, and uh, the analogy keeps being used by uh, conservatives about you know the violence in Chicago. How many, how many you know kids die from finding their dad's you know gun and you know in their yeah. closet or whatever? So you bring up a good, good point there. And even though you might have done it in the classroom, if you arm teachers, some kids are going to find that gun. Some yeah. kid will get a hold of that gun, you know, in the classroom, and it's not going to make anybody any safer. So you know. But you look at those statistics and it's like, okay, only three people died from this shooter. It's not in our hometown, so I'm not going to talk about it. Well, what's the number? Uh, well, yeah, I well, I don't look at it that way. But but to be the sad reality is we are desensitized by this. Yeah. And, and and maybe not in a way like we don't talk about it, but maybe in a way we talk about it by going through the motions. Because quite frankly, this morning. I had forgotten about the Buffalo shooting until somebody brought it up to me, right? Somebody, somebody on the air today brought up, what, why don't we allow these Republicans to go down into that school and see the carnage? And then maybe, maybe they'll think twice about, you know, stopping this legislation. To which I responded to them and said, they had a congressional softball game shot up by a mass shooter and a few of them almost died. And they still didn't want gun control legislation. Well, oh, no, that you bring up that, the Steve Scalise thing. Interesting uh, point on that. All right. Go back to why, go back to why the, uh, the NRA and the real big gun advocates say they need these assault weapons. Why do they need, need these assault weapons? They need them to be able to fight against a tyrannical government. Yeah. That shooter, that Bernie Sanders shooter, that went after those congressmen, he was using the logic the NRA has used. The, you know, it was some guy that thought that he was using that weapon to go after a tyrannical government. Well, there was also a whole bunch of security people there with guns. Yeah. Yeah. And the guy still almost died. And they still had to ran. I mean, it was the whole thing. So, I mean, it's, it's, it, it, it's all, it's all, it's all bullshit. It, it's all, you know, it's all, it's all garbage. But, I it's it's so random. We've had four mass shootings in in May, none of them in St. Louis. Right? We had one in Buffalo, one in Texas, one in Chicago, and one in Los Angeles at a church. And you know, outside of that, what do you say as a as a commentator? What what do you say? There's nothing left to say. And what are you going to say in two weeks when this happens again? I don't know. Well, I mean, there's just nothing to say. You know, our friend uh, Jeff Caturbo. Jeff Petrova yeah. is an internationally known uh, political, political cartoonist. He has a Patreon page. If you go and visit his Patreon page, be a Patreon supporter to see his cartoons because the man is brilliant. But that's it. We have this, we've had this conversation where he goes and it's, uh, you know, how many times do we have to go and deal with this? What, what do you say that's different? What do you say that is unique? What, do you, what, what angle do you give on something like this that you haven't done a thousand times before? And after a while, you know, people just tune out. You know, they may have tuned out on us already on, the, on this podcast because it's been talked about to death. Right. You know, let's talk about Johnny Depp and Amber Heard. Let's talk about them, right? That, that, that's from the Kardashians. You know, one of the Kardashians got married. Let's talk about that. In the meantime, kids are dying. Yeah, I know. I know. I, you know, and then, but yeah, but then you hear like they had to line up to give the DNA and it's like you've got choked back to tears. It's just so heartbreaking. Oh, and then the, the, uh, the deputy whose child died 
in that yeah. he had to go in there and he was in there and his child was one of the kids oh, i mean it's just you know i have a two-year-old right and i mean oh you, know, you, just, look, you just look at her and you're like well, how, how, you drop her off at daycare or you drop her off at school and you know you come home or you get i mean it's just it's it's how do you it's just so or <laughs> cnn's interviewing some of the you know the sandy hook people or whatever um you know i will say this though there is a special place in hell for that alex jones Oh, now you're going off. Now you're going off. And I could not agree with you more. Why bothers me when I agree with you so much? No. Should that bother me or bother you that we're agreeing so much? Who should it bother more? I think we're exhausted. Yeah. Let's try to find yeah. something we disagree on. Oh, I, I, I mean, that's just it. I mean, yeah, look, you're in, you're in business to make money. I'm in business to make money. We make money off of our opinions. We make money off of, you know, our, the way that we look at things. And we're blessed to be able to do that. But for somebody to go and try to capitalize, like you say, like the Alex Joneses of the world, to capitalize on this like that, I, I just there is a special place in hell for people like that. I, I, I don't, I, I don't, I don't get it. How about the fact that the NRA convention is in Texas next week? Yeah, and what is and and Trump is going to speak, and Ted Cruz is going to speak, and they're not going to allow guns. Oh, is that right? I, didn't that's that. I, I read that. No, I read that. I, I, I saw that somewhere. And so don't quote me on that 100% sure. But I know, yeah. But I mean, yeah, you're not going you're not, not to allow guns into a place where a former president's talking. Yeah. Right? Yeah. You just don't. Yeah. Well, and that's, and that's the, that goes against the argument of we should, we should, um, you know, we should arm the school teachers or put, you know, armed guards in the school teachers. Well, you're having an NRA convention and you're not allowed guns in the room. And well, for that matter, for that matter, look, the security guard in Buffalo, you know, shot uh, the perpetrator uh, and, you know, he was wearing a Kevlar vest. And so therefore he didn't do any good. And right. from what I understand, I don't know all the details on this. What I understand though, in Texas, there was a security guard that uh, stopped the shooter at first or that or at least uh, uh, approached the shooter before he went into the school. Yeah, it was the uh, Jim Ryan from ABC News. We had him on. He said that the uh, the public security officer or the security, I don't call him a security guard, but he had a name for it. The yeah, safety what they call officer them? or yeah, something. The resource or officers. The yeah. resource officers, yeah. Yeah, the safety officer was the first one, and he shot and killed him and then and then went in, and uh, it's just awful. Just just terrible. No, All right, right. Let's, let's, let's talk about uh, something else. Let's talk about something else. Let's talk about let's, something Let's lighten Let's things about, up. Yeah, okay. So if, if what happened in Texas had didn't happen yesterday, what would have been the number one news story that all the cable channels were talking about? Oh, it would have been um, uh, Alabama or um, uh, Georgia. Georgia. Georgia and how Donald Trump uh, may be uh, losing his clout. Well, you know, I don't know if he's losing his clout or not, but it is interesting to watch the transformation of Mike Pence. Um, <laughs> I got... I got somebody on the text line said he's no longer listens to my show because I'm bad mouthing Republicans. And I was like, well, Donald Trump bad mouths Republicans, Republicans bad mouth Republicans. So what, what are you talking about? I mean, Mike Pence actively was campaigning for Donald Trump's sworn enemy. You know, Mike Pence, Mike Pence used to be a uh, radio talk show host. That's why I like him. And I know uh, Mike Pence is a program director there in Indianapolis. Hmm. And so I asked him about Mike. And he says, Mike Pence has wanted to be president ever since he was a little kid. Ever since he was a little kid. 
And well, so he's done everything he can to become president. Well, That's how he made the deal with the devil with Donald Trump. Well, but 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 he's he's clearly broken ranks with him, right? I mean, but yeah, Trump wanted Trump uh, had no problem with having people say, "Let's hang Mike Pence." Well, no, I understand that, but Kevin McCarthy, <laughs> Kevin McCarthy is still with Trump, right? I mean, Mike Pence. You don't hear Mike Pence saying praising him in public and and criticizing him in, in private. I mean, Mike Pence is actively campaigning for Donald Trump's sworn enemies. And how come Mike Pence is allowed to say bad things or do bad things against our Republicans, but I'm not? Um, because, because you're one of them liberal media people. I'm the, oh, I forgot. I'm the George Soros-funded liberal media. Yeah, yeah, I know. It's, it's not, to, um, you know, not, not to make it drive you to drink. I know, it's so insane. I also love what they're telling Republicans to do in uh, Pennsylvania. Don't count all the uh, Republican votes. They'll only count the uh, Republican votes where it's Dr. Oz. Yeah. It's so insane. It's yeah. so bonkers. You know, here we are, here we are supporting Ukraine and their fight for democracy. And we have Republicans that won't fight for our democracy here at home. Yeah, no, it, it's uh, what's gonna yeah. happen, what's gonna happen in the next week or two when the January 6th commission starts having public hearings. You know, uh, Liz Cheney has sort of signaled that um, there's a whole bunch of stuff we don't know. Oh, I, yeah. Right? I mean, she's, she's, she just won the John F. Kennedy Profiles in Courage Award, which was pretty neat. Um, but um, she, uh, she signaled that when these meetings become public in the middle of July, uh, hold on to your hats because there's going to be a whole lot of information that we don't know about. And that how much did Donald Trump orchestrate an actual coup, right? I mean, an actual, and, and if you believe Donald Trump has the right to do this, then you have to believe Joe Biden has the right to do it. And Kamala Harris has the right to do it. Yeah. Yeah, no, I, it's, uh, it's mind boggling. I, I don't want everybody to think just the way that I think. I mean, that, that would be, that'd be awful. But I do want to have people to at least have a sense of a sense of loyalty to the country instead of a political party, you know. And that's you know, and, and the concept of what this country is supposed to be. And this country is supposed to be a place. Give us your tired, your poor, your hungry. Your <coughs> excuse me, excuse me. I had a bit of a cold that's, here. Yeah, that's a good one. Uh, give us your tired, your poor, your hungry. It's supposed to be a place where you know that uh, that we we help those in need, where where a person has the freedom to, you know, overcome obstacles and make something great of themselves, right? And we're supposed to be a place where the people's voice is heard. And we're doing things to squelch the people's voice. Well, you know, I don't want to sound like a dork or anything. It's too late. But um, one of the things I loved to do ever since I was a little kid was I loved to watch, and I didn't even realize it at the time. I really couldn't put it into words until I was older. But I loved to watch all the pomp and the circumstance of the presidential inauguration, right? The swearing in, the meeting beforehand, the, the, the Supreme Court, all, the, all the, the losers and the winners and the vice presidents and the last, and the last administration, and the new administration. And they're all sitting there, standing there on the podium, right? And then the, the tr peaceful transfer of power. I, I, I always enjoyed that because I always had a little burst of pride, like I'm an American and this doesn't happen in other places. Right. right. 
And it was the guy I voted for lost, the guy I voted for won. It didn't matter. It was that, that sort of coming together and acknowledging the peaceful transfer of power. And one of the things that I'm most saddened about was when Donald Trump just abandoned all of that, right? His personal ego was so great that he, he put himself above the country. And there was that scene where Mike Pence is there, right, greeting Joe Biden at the end, right? So Mike Pence had to do the duties that Donald Trump didn't want to do because he was a petulant child. Yeah. Um, I mean, that is probably the saddest thing of all when it came to January 6th for me or the whole peaceful power thing. Ah, no, I, look, I, I totally agree with you. And because um, I've been to an inauguration, I've, you know, living there on the border of Iowa uh, during the, uh, I mean, I, I, I started following the presidential campaign two years before everybody else does because yeah. all the candidates are coming out here, right? Uh, both Republican and Democrats. And I've always loved, I've always loved the event. I've always loved the circus. I've always loved, you know, th- that mm-hmm. part of democracy. Right. And that that to me, and, and, I, and I can I can even agree with some of the policies that under the Trump administration. In fact, Joe Biden agrees with a lot of the policies of the Trump administration because he's maintained a lot of those same policies. Right. But what I cannot, I cannot excuse and what I cannot forgive was how Trump took that away. That, that very feeling you're talking about, how he tried to just completely take that away, how he got so many people all bought into the cult of personality that they, they, you know, just threw away what this country is supposed to be. Yeah. And, and it is my hope that with what happened in Georgia yesterday and what happened in Nebraska with this other candidate that, you know, and some of the candidates that he has really supported and how those candidates have not won. Uh, it is my, and how close the, I mean, that, you know, the Dr. Oz thing is, if Dr. Oz wins or not, you know, it's still um, by, you know, it, it's by no means a landslide. Um, is that maybe, just maybe, Trump's grip on the Republican Party. Well, you know what? I heard an interesting theory about that. And that is in Ohio, where this J.D. Vance was a Trump candidate, right? There were seven people running. So they split the anti-Trump vote and Trump, you know, got the most. But when it was one-on-one in Georgia, Trump got trounced, right? Um, when it was three to, you know, when there are only three people running in Pennsylvania, Dr. Oz is barely holding on and will probably lose. So in essence, when it's one-on-one, Trump loses. When it's six people running, the Trump vote carries the day because the rest of the vote is split. Well, Trump lost in Nebraska when we also had... Um... Uh, well, we had nine people running, but four of them were like, you know, serious candidates. Right. Okay. So, and I mean, but I mean, when, when, and in Ohio, I think it was six people. Yeah. Um, Well, you're right. You're right. Yeah. You split that anti-Trump vote. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, well, that's how he won the primary. And then he won, I mean, he lost two popular votes in the presidential races. So he's, he's, he's never had a majority of the party. He's just had a very... Uh, vocal minority part of the party. Yeah, well, you know, I hope I hope more people on both sides, more people start thinking of themselves as Americans first and Republicans or Democrats second. No, I don't know if that's happening. I think it's, I think the Democrats... I can hope, can I? Come on, I can dream. Oh, Come on! Oh my, oh my goodness gracious. Um, so anyway, so, um, so what, uh, what do you got for the over and under today? Oh boy. Um... 
What do I have for the? Yeah, I don't have. Any, I don't have anything either, to be honest with you. I don't have anything either. <laughs> I, I, I've been so I've been so glued to what's going on in Texas, and so distraught, and looking at what's going on in Georgia, and that that when it comes down to picking a, a story that is overreported, the story that is underreported, I don't. I don't really overreported. Well, I, I, I actually I have an underreported story that I think really should. Um, I have an underreported story that really should be getting a lot more attention. And that and is? It's not, and it's not. And I'm very upset by it. And that is the fact that the New York Mets have an eight-game lead in the National League Central and are well on their way to this year's World Series. Um, yeah, that's National League, right? Uh, yeah, that's where the pitcher uh, bats. Oh, no, wait, not anymore. No, they don't do that anymore. No, they don't do that. They don't do that. They, 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 they went along with the American League, which, of course, is the dominant league and uh, the American League. We're the, we're, we're the American League. We're yeah, the, when the American League created the designated hitter as a gimmick, and now it's like the way of the world. Do you hear next year they're going to have on first base, they're going to have an orange base, like in the beer leagues, so the first baseman and the runner don't collide? No, you're kidding. I am kidding, but it's crazy enough that you almost <laughs> believed it. I thought you were going to say, yeah, and, and then you hit a single, they hand you a beer. And then uh... when you have a single, when you hit a, a, a single, there's a designated runner that leaves the post in the dugout and runs to first base. Isn't that uh, what they did for Babe Ruth? <laughs> Don't make fun of Babe Ruth. Hey, Babe Ruth. All right. All right. Let's, well, first of all, I have to give you my, my rib recipe. Okay. Yeah, uh, rib recipe. Yep. And then let me ask this question. Speaking of baseball. What's your all-time favorite baseball movie? Oh, Field of Dreams, without a, without a doubt, Field of Dreams. Really? Yes. Really? Yeah. Field of Dreams is good. Field of Dreams is real good. What's your but, second? What's your second? Second? Uh, I don't know. The second might be uh, The Natural. Hmm. What's your worst favorite baseball movie? Worst favorite baseball movie. I never thought about it that way. Uh it's like bad pizza. There's no such thing as bad pizza. If it's a baseball movie, it's a great movie. Although uh, the uh, maybe maybe down there somewhere down the line, because it wasn't a great movie, but I still enjoyed it, was the Babe Ruth story with uh, John Goodman. Oh, I never saw that one. Yeah, yeah, it was. Uh, it wasn't. It wasn't bad. It was, I mean, it was pretty bad, but it was. It was really. Was it, it was so bad. Was it, was, good. was it better than the William Bendix Babe Ruth movie? I don't. Re I, that was way before my time. I don't. <laughs> I don't remember. I mean, I know that it was out there, you know, but uh, or the or the Gary Cooper rendition of um, Lou Gehrig, where Jack, where uh, Gary Cooper's right-handed and Lou Gehrig was left-handed. <laughs> well, the, the same thing when uh, they did um, what was it, sixty-one, the Billy Crystal, yeah, uh, movie with uh, about Roger Maris and uh, Mickey Mantle. Uh, so. Um... I would tell you that my favorite baseball movie of all time, Field of Dreams, is in a league of its own. Uh, but the movie, also a good baseball movie. But the movie, A League of Their Own, is my favorite baseball movie. I think that movie is fantastic. I don't disagree with you. I, yeah. I mean, it's it's got everything. It's got you know old baseball footage. It's got you know Tom Hanks. It's got the war effort. It's got I mean sentimentality. It's got drama it's funny it's got great baseball story it's oh, come just on. A great it's got some, it's got some hot babes in there too 
there's no hot babes in baseball. They're all softball. They're all baseball players. No, it's great. Um, it's real. I love that movie. I'll watch that movie all day long. I think it's fantastic. That is a great, that is a great movie. I do, I, I, I do like that one too. Actually, like I said, it's like pizza, man. There's no really, no real bad pizza. Just um, something the, better than others. The, the Jimmy Pearsall movie is pretty bad. Um, and then do you ever see the movie? It, this movie is awful. Bang the drum slowly. I never saw that. It's with, um, Larry Moriarty and, and, um, uh, De Niro. And De Niro's a catcher playing for the Yankees, but they're filming it at Shea Stadium. It's the worst. It is such a terrible movie. Well, I, you know what? I may have misspoke when I said that, uh, that my favorite baseball movie was Field of Dreams. Because now that you mention it, Major League, as a Cleveland Indians fan, Major League. <laughs> what about, what about? But Major League was not filmed. Major League was filmed in Milwaukee Stadium. Because uh, at the time, Cleveland had a municipal stadium that seated like 80,000 people, and uh, they couldn't fill the municipal stadium. So they did it in Milwaukee because it was uh, easier to, uh, to do. Uh, did you like Major League Two? Um, not as much. Oh, well, all right. Good still- at least you're not biased. Yeah, you know, I mean, you know. It's- yeah. All right, here's my, here's my rib recipe, and then we'll, 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 we'll leave you. And then next week, I'll give the macaroni salad recipe to go with the ribs. So here's my rib recipe, and this comes straight from award-winning barbecue professionals. This is as good as it gets. So go and get a, a rack of lip, ribs. Make sure the back is pure. <laughs> a rack of ribs. There's a Freudian slip from a talk show host. There's a Freudian. Get a rack, a rack of, of ribs. Of, Who the hell are you, Rush Limbaugh? A rack of cons. Go get a rack of cons, all right? Go get a rack of ribs. Make sure the membrane is peeled off the back, but your butcher should do that for you anyway. So I smoke it. I put, put your favorite rub on there. I smoke it for two hours. I put a little dry rub on there. Just put it in the smoker for two hours at 225, okay? After two hours and the rub, take it off the grill or the smoker. Get some uh, Reynolds wrap or, yeah, Reynolds wrap. and you're going to fold it up in this rental wrap. But before you do, on the top of it, put honey, right? Drizzle it in honey, butter on the honey, and then sprinkle brown sugar over all of it, okay? Roll it up in, this, in the Reynolds wrap, put it back on the grill for an hour and 50 minutes, and raise the temperature to maybe 250, 275 or so. After an hour and 50 minutes, take it off the grill, open up the Reynolds wrap. And at this point, you want to add, you want to drizzle it with barbecue sauce. Preferably, I always use Blue's Hog, but you can use anything you want. Drizzle it or um, sort of uh, paint on the, the barbecue sauce. Put it back in for 10 minutes. Let the barbecue sauce caramelize on the ribs. 10 minutes later, take it off. Let it rest for 15, 20 minutes. That's probably the most important part. You will have the most delicious ribs for Memorial Day weekend. It'll take you less time to smoke the ribs than it told you to tell that recipe. Four hours. It's four hours of bliss. Nothing better. I've never made you my ribs. Uh, No, no. No, there's a reason for that. I don't really waste that on you. Yeah, and I don't want to visit you, so that might be another reason. I, I usually say that for my good friends. Yeah, well, yeah, the ones that call you all the time. 
asking for asking you to pay your bills. The the ones that um, the ones that start the podcast on time. I usually say my own. Uh, okay, so I, I I got busy. I forgot. Sorry. Anyway, uh, have yourself a great uh, week, my friend. I will talk to you next week. Hey, Tom. Bye, yes. bye. <laughs> you are you are one weird bird. Bye, bye. <laughs> Huda Media Production.